uh, tonight, I'm so excited about being up here. You don't typically see me here on a Thursday night, so I'm feeling kind of wild. Yeah. <clears throat> fun things happen at night. Um, yeah, fun things happen in the Lord. <laughs> so tonight, I was just going to let the Holy Spirit kind of talk. Is that okay? So, you know, I said, well, Lord, you filled Peter's mouth, and they said that he wasn't a very smart fisherman. You know it's bad when they're saying you're not a good fisherman. You know, aren't those the, the uh, ignorant fishermen? You know, it's just like, what? I can catch fish. But then he goes on, and he doesn't do a very good job of catching fish. So, anyway. Um, so, hopefully... Holy Spirit will show up and my mouth will get filled. Oh, look at honey. Honey. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to talk to you tonight about preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. Jesus said that a lot. He said, preach the gospel of the kingdom. He said it over and over and over and over and over. And so it's the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom was so connected with bringing the gospel of the kingdom down, you know? If you talk about the gospel of the kingdom, then guess what's going to happen? Then the kingdom's going to show up. So the words that we're speaking, and as we're preaching, and we're talking about the gospel of the kingdom, and we learn how to preach the gospel, all of the signs and the wonders follow it. But not just the signs and the wonders, but it's the very door it's preaching the gospel is the very thing that opens the doorway from heaven to earth, right? On earth as it is in heaven. And so that's why he continually said, preach the gospel, preach the gospel, preach the gospel. And then he always talked about the signs and the wonders that would follow the preaching of the gospel. And so like I was saying last week and on Sunday, <clears throat> I don't preach the gospel a lot. I, I, I teach about Jesus as the bridegroom. I teach a lot about prayer. I teach a lot about our, our identity in Christ. I teach a lot about um, 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 the love of God, um, the mercy, the compassion, the nature of God, all of those things. Um, but I don't preach the gospel a lot because I'm thinking to myself, I'm talking to believers. So why do you need to hear the gospel? Well, we need to hear the gospel because what it does is it keeps us alive in God. And it keeps the fire burning within us. And as, we're, as we preach the gospel and you hear the gospel, what happens is that the gospel gets in you. And it becomes part of you. And so then it, it just is an overflow of who you are. And so when you go out, it's not like, um, uh, I really want to tell this person about Jesus if I could just think of what that would how that would work. And I, I mean, I'm just going to confess to you, the truth is when I go out to, to um, minister to the, to the lost, I get really nervous, or I used to get really nervous about telling them about Jesus because I really didn't have a gospel message in me. So I didn't know how, to, I wasn't comfortable with it. So it was hard for me to convey a gospel message that sounded natural and not contrived. Because I want to be authentic, you know, and, I, and, and so if I come in love and, and that message is already in me, that message is going to find its way 
to them in a way that's loving in a way where they can receive it, right? And so what we really want to do is we want to do the Great Commission. Now, you hear me a lot talk about prayer, and you hear me to talk to you about prophecy and, and all of these things. And all of these are tools in, in our chest that we would connect with God and then connect with people, that we would get filled up and then we would pour out. But, but we can't just be a prayer movement alone because we wouldn't be fulfilling what Jesus told us to do. We have to be a prayer movement that also becomes a, that, uh, becomes a movement that changes the culture. Because if we're just a prayer movement alone, then we have be created a subculture instead of a counterculture. And so we don't influence anyone except for ourselves, and we sit around and get drunk on the presence of God. You're right? And, um, and so... Um, <clears throat> I love so much of what I'm seeing in the body of Christ, how, how the prayer movement is now, it's morphing into the very thing that, that Jesus had in his heart all along, was that a people that knew him, that loved him with their whole hearts, and that could give him away um, with their whole hearts. Because he, he put it in order, he put three steps in order, and he taught us, First, love God with all your heart, with all your heart. That means you cannot allow bitterness, offenses. Um, you can't allow anything to steal from your heart. All of the cares of the world, you cannot allow that to steal from your wholeheartedness because that's what the enemy would want to do. If I can get them to love less, then they can't actually love God with their whole hearts. And I don't know about you, but I'm like, if I'm in this, I'm in this, I'm all in. And so a lot of us have to fight to keep our hearts alive in love. And we have to pursue love with all of our strength to love him with that, in that way. So when the enemy comes in to strike us in our hearts, we have to say, no, 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 no. You are not going to put a hook in my heart so that that part of my heart atrophies and it dies and I won't give Jesus all my love. Because if we can't give Jesus all of our love, what happens, number two, he says, love others as you love yourself. I cannot... Love others unless I love Jesus with my whole heart. And what I mean by that is when I look at him and I give him my whole heart, when I give him my whole life, and I say, I, I hold nothing back from you, then what he does is the eyes of love begin to transform me into his image. And there's this eyeball to eyeball thing. I'm gazing at him. He's gazing at me. Those eyes like a flame of fire are transforming me and creating in me a, 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 a golden child, if you will, a golden heart. Because it's that heart of gold. He's purifying me with fire as I'm gazing at him. And what happens is that the real Tracy is emerging. Because what I was doing is I was wearing a puppet or a, a, I was pretending before I began to gaze at Jesus because the only way I knew who I was, truly who I was, is by looking at him. And so as I began to do that and he began to gaze back at me, 
and this love affair began, then I truly began to love myself because I began to see myself as he saw me. And I went, oh, that's the real me. That, it's not all that stuff that I heaped on myself to try to prove myself to other people to pretend that I was something that they needed me to be in order to be loved by them. That whole situation just led me to exhaustion and to self-hatred because I could never quite get there, you know? But when I genuinely began to love him, then I began to love myself because I saw myself through his eyes. And I went, oh, okay, wait, that's really good. Now, it's not the kind of self-love and that's a selfish kind of love that we see in the world today. It is a self-love that is a healthy kind of love. And it's the only, and the only way you can get there is through Jesus. That's the only way. And then once that happened, I was like, I love all of these people. And you know how you, before you were there, remember you had this small sliver of people that you could kind of love and then the rest of everybody else you kind of tolerated, right? Right? Well, now it's like, I love everyone. Why? Because I see them as Jesus sees them. I see them with eyes of love and compassion because that burning fire has has purified my heart and I just love, 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 love. And so when I go out on the streets now to testify and to preach the gospel, it's coming through a filter of love, not through a filter of I gotta get I gotta get numbers in my um, because you know this is what I'm supposed to do. And it's not a numbers game, it's a love game. It's a love game because I'm so desperate for them to know the Jesus that I know that changed my heart. And so I have a testimony of goodness of God and I've seen it over and over and over and the fruit of the love of God. Um, Hold on. So. There are a lot of different ways to do this. Um, again, um, the Lord told us in his word, uh, turn to, if you have a Bible or a digital Bible, um, turn to the end of Luke, the last chapter in Luke, Luke 24. Uh, Luke 24, 45, the word says, thank you. Is the Bible talking? That's awesome. Um, Luke 24, 45, and he opened, all right, so Jesus, let me back up, 44. Um, so 24, 44, then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And then he said something very interesting, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And so he did something. He didn't just tell them these things, but the word said that he actually then did something. He opened their understanding so that they had knowledge. They didn't just comprehend, but they had a revelation that what he was saying applied to to the Old Testament and all of the prophecies about him. So can you imagine what that must have been like that on that day? All of a sudden, their understanding was 
opened and they knew that what he was saying was true and they had an understanding of who he was. Now, I tell you this because when you're preaching the gospel, it's important that that we have understanding. We can't just preach the gospel um, and say, I'm going to read, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go step one, step two, step three, step four. And, and that does work. You know, there's there, it does work, but I'm telling you the fruit of preaching the gospel with understanding is explosive. Not only does it work, but it works with great fruitfulness. And I saw it when we went to Honduras because I did not go to Honduras with a plan. I went to Honduras with Jesus, and, and I, I let him fill my mouth. I did not bring, I did not have one note. I, I had an interpreter. I think we read a couple of scriptures, but all of the sudden, because I stepped into what I was called to do, and I opened my mouth, all of a sudden, rivers of living water began to flow out of me. And I began to preach the gospel with understanding. And, and, and because of that, it was like all of, of the scriptures began to just fall out of my mouth. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this is phenomenal. And, and, and people were coming up, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? And, and, and in addition to that, not just the salvations, but, but, the, uh, but the baptism of fire, the baptism of fire. Listen, um, in Acts, Peter very clearly had not been studying. You know, he's not like, oh, okay. They didn't really know what was coming. They knew what they had been told, but they had no idea what it was going to look like. And that's the same way it is today. We know something's coming. We all have, we've all been told by the Holy Spirit, get ready, get prepared, get ready. You need to do your exercises because a lot of you are going to be up all night. Take your vitamins, get strong, be prepared because it's going to be a stadium filled with dead people that you're going to have to raise. And then over here is going to be, you know, a tent full of people manifesting demons. And over here, you know, there are going to be people that are going to start to float in the air. And you're going to have to tie something to them to hold them down. I don't know. But, guys, I'm telling you, it's going to be wild and it's going to be weird. So this is what Jesus said. I mean, uh, Peter. So Peter begins to um, talk to everybody and tell them about what's happening with this crazy sound and this rushing wind and everybody's speaking in another language and um, they all are presuming they're drunk and he's like, no, 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 we're not drunk. It's in the morning. Um, so, so then he quotes Joel 2, which is just phenomenal. I mean, right? Who would have thought that would have applied? (laughs) What? Uh, So then he goes on, and so he's preaching to them, and they say uh, this. Now, when they had heard this in in, um, chapter 2, verse 37, they were cut to the heart. Listen, when you preach the gospel with understanding, people should be cut to the heart. 
because the word of God separates soul and spirit. It does. It comes like a knife and it cuts between the soul, all of the emotions and the mind, and it cuts and the spirit man leaps and says, yes, what must I do to be saved? Just as they did. And so they're like, okay, okay, what must we do? to be saved. And then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. As I said on Sunday, listen, the, the baptism of water is not the story. It's part of the story, but it's not the whole story. Okay. If it was just the baptism of water, Jesus never had to die because he was baptizing people in the water on the other side of the cross. But it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that he died for. And so when I went to preach the gospel, I began to tell them the story about the new man. I began to tell them the story that they are the habitation of God, that they are the house of God. And and see, here's the thing. Everybody is dying for the truth. They are dying for the truth. They don't need an empty gospel of rules and religion. They already got that. They've already got the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They don't need that. They need the tree of life. They need a gospel that saves. They need a gospel that saves them. They need a gospel that saves their lives from the pit of destruction and the and all of the decisions that they've been making and and how you know how how heavy they are, how burdened they are, how stressed they are, how hurt they are, how sick they are. And and it's like if you don't have a God that provides that, why do I want to jump on this wagon? I don't need more rules. You know, I don't know about you, but you know, I was the I was the poster child for partying. You know, on 6th Street down in Austin. I was that girl. I didn't take I didn't I didn't have doubles, I had triples. I had vodka and a splash of whatever, you know? And so uh, for me, my life was a party. I I the thought when somebody talked to me about Jesus, I thought, "Are you kidding me? I'm having too much fun. Why would I want to sign up for that?" Because the only thing that I knew about Jesus was rules and religion. But if he came to set the captives free, we've got to know what that means. And we've got to come with the good news, not the bad news. (laughs) The bad news is you're going to have to stop having fun. And we've got this list of rules. Let me just give these to you. Here's everything you can't do. Aren't you excited? Isn't that good news? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That is not good news. I don't know about you. I'd be like, yeah, don't talk to me ever again, please. Oh, wait, I think I did say that to someone one time. Um, But the good news is that he came to set us free from the law of sin and death. The good news is that when he died, he, he got the keys of hell and death and authority and dominion, 
and he rose and he's he seated at the right hand of the father making intercession for us day and night he sent his holy spirit that came and lived on the inside of us and this is what the holy spirit does he is our counselor he's our healer he is our protector he's our provider he's our teacher did i say helper and so all of, the, all of the things that the Father is, this now goes with us everywhere we go. And, and that's the very th- good news. That's what we need. We need to be saved. We need to be saved from ourselves. We need to be saved from our decisions. We need to be saved from our, our, our um, heartache. We need to be saved from our sickness. And all of these things are available to us. And as we begin to preach this gospel, the gospel of the good news, what happens is that people begin to run towards Jesus. They begin to run towards this gospel. And the sin and the things that it entangled them get lost along the way. They don't have to go around beating sin over the head because sin doesn't have a chance when love has come. Because perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all of that stuff. And you begin to fall in love with a man who has transformed your heart. One of the, the, the immediate things that all of these people in Honduras said, I felt my heart change. I felt my heart change, my corazón. I felt it change. I mean, it was immediate Fuego. When they got baptized with fire, it was the Ephesians 117 that Paul prayed. I pray that the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know what is the hope of your calling. The hope of your calling. Think about that. Once you know what is the hope of your calling, I don't know about y'all, but I've been running ever since that thing hit me. The hope of my calling hit me, and I'm like, woo! I'm like a woman with her hair on fire 24-7. John can tell you he's just like, and he loves saying this. I'd rather bridle a racehorse than whip a donkey. And so hopefully I'm not the donkey. He's just like, whoa, Nelly. <laughs> anyway, it's the thing that keeps me burning, the hope of my calling, the thing that God created me to do, and I'm doing that. And it's, it's causing me to, it, it just keeps me alive. It keeps us alive, you know? So then what I love is after you preach that good news, then you go, can I heal you? And I mean, it's like immediate healing, immediate. And I find that a lot of times I'll have to, you know, say one, two, three, let me heal for you, let me heal you. But one of the things that I've noticed is that if you preach the gospel, if you just tell them about the good news real quickly, then the healing goes like that. It's just immediate. Unless, of course, you're in a dangerous situation like I was in the maximum... um, in the men's maximum prison, non-security, no guards around with killers and rapists. <clears throat> and then 
God showed up in a big way and just healed healed everybody we prayed for. It was it was incredible. And it wasn't like, oh, hey, you know, are you feeling better? Can you check it? No, no, it wasn't any of that. It was like, bam, you are healed. Bam, you are healed. Bam, you are healed. It didn't matter what it was. It was just the goodness of God. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I loved about um, about this is that they got to see Jesus, that he's real, that he's not just some far off God that doesn't care, but they saw uh, the preaching of the gospel with power. Um, and I was talking today about, I was telling my testimony to um, some uh, friends and uh, one of them was, um, had never ever heard this kind of conversation you know he's from a um, a different kind of church and and he said uh, oh it's I'm really um bothered by you talking about raising the dead and I was like oh okay I, I kind of forget because it's just the way I am and I'm like whatever I don't care what you think I really don't care what anybody thinks. I'm like, this is what the Bible says. I know it's happening today. And whatever, as far as I can go in Christ, I want to go. Because I want to give him the reward of his suffering. You know, and I'm like, I don't want anything to say, oh, no, you can't do that. What are you talking about? They did it in the Bible. If they did it in the Bible in the New Testament, I'm going to be doing it. So if you have a dead body, call me. You know, I'll lay on it or something. I don't know. But uh <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, I love what Bill Johnson says. Perfect doctrine is Jesus. So, um <clears throat> let's just be Jesus wearing an an Amory suit or Lisa suit or John suit. That's really basically what it is. And I will guarantee you that the more you preach the gospel, what happens, um, they did a study in Australia and they found that your voice has more um, authority over your own body to transform your own body. So so if you speak things out, it, it actually um, will do things to your body more than any other voice that you hear. So, so my voice, Jesus coming out, and as I'm preaching the gospel, what happens is that message is actually speaking to me. Because a lot of us don't really believe the good news. We really still have unbelief in us. And so we're not walking in or seeing what we, what we believe because we don't really believe even what we're saying. Okay, let me back up. Does that make sense? The more that I preach the gospel, the more that I believe in who I am in Christ. The more I preach the gospel, the more I realize the power that is within me. The more I preach the gospel, the more I realize that my flesh does not have more authority than Christ the living God. And Paul said this, it is no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And that was the point where he realized that he had, had died and Christ had risen in him. The more you do this, beloved, the more you will do this. And the more you do this, guess what happens? Everything in your life begins to change. Everything. 
I mean, I'm talking from um, the milk in the carton in the refrigerator. You, you know, it's like we're out of milk. Nope, we're not out of milk. In Jesus' name, we're not out of milk. Look, there's a full gallon of milk. I'm telling you, we've got to start living lives that other people say there's something different about that person. Just as I was leaving the men's prison, I walked in there and those men had thoughts of, of perversion and lust. But when I walked out of there, they were, they were waving at me, wanting to touch me. And it was kind of like touching the hem of the garment kind of thing. And it was crazy. I'd never seen anything like it. But Jesus is real. And when Jesus is preached with signs and wonders, it's like game on. Game on. It changes people. And so in the places where you work, it's very easy just to say, hey, let me tell you a great story. Let me tell you about the good news of Jesus. Can, you, can I just tell you this story? And just begin to share a story with them. He came into my heart and, he, and, and so here are the things that are happening. And you can give them testimonies of, of, of healing the sick, prophesying over people, casting out demons, all of this kind of stuff. And you can prophesy to them. And they'll be like, how did you know that about me? Really, they're dying for what we have. And we've got to be willing to give it to them. Amen? All right. So um, what I want to do tonight is... Um, I want to practice preaching the gospel. What do y'all think about that? Okay. So this is going to be very uncomfortable, and I apologize ahead of time. Right. You know, to go up to a stranger and then practice preaching a gospel to him or her. Right. Yorick, don't give me that look like you're going to do it with Cat. No, you're not. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it with Cot. I'm going to do it with Cot. I'm from South Africa. Find another South African in here and somewhere. Okay, there's nobody else here that's from South Africa. Anyway, all right, so I want you to find someone that you don't know, and I want you to practice preaching the gospel with them. Now, here's the, here's the gospel, right? It has to have certain qualities to it, that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came in signs and wonders to show us the kingdom of heaven that is available for all men. He, he died on the cross for our sins. On, he was buried, and on the third day, he rose to, to be seated at the right hand of the Father. You can go in and tell them the story about how he walked on the earth after he rose, and all of these people saw him, whatever you want to do. 500 people came up out of the grave. Do you know that was weird? Um, anyway, uh, so, so then, um, when he ascended to sit at the right hand of the father, he sent the Holy Spirit down to all who believe the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of them. God in man and God with man, right? And so now, since we have the Holy Spirit in us, we have all of the attributes of God. He is now our counselor. He is now our hope. He is now our provider. And you can go in and give them uh, 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 stories about all of the ways that these attributes have served you in your life and how you've seen miracles and everything. Then um, ask them if they need healing in their body. Just 
you know, and then pray for them to see, you know, if, if the, you know, and then once they get healed, ask them if they want to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And if they say yes, then there are three, four, four things that they need to do. Number one, they have to repent of their sins. Okay. Father, would you forgive me for I am a sinner or I repent of my sins. Number two, they have to um, believe, they have to confess with their mouths that Jesus is the son of God. And then on the third day, he rose from the dead, ascended to the father. And I just have them repeat. I say, just, I just say, repeat after me. And I just basically preach a three sentence gospel message that then they have to repeat, but it has to have the qualities. It has to have that Jesus is the son of God and that he rose from the dead. Those two things are critical for them to confess. It says you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Okay. And then um, the third part is they have to receive. They have to receive Jesus into their heart to be Lord of their life. That's important because a lot of people want to be Lord of their lives and they want to get their ticket punched so they can go to heaven. But it's there's a surrendering that happens when you confess, Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord of my life. That means you get to take over. Okay. Then after they do that, they are born again. And then you lay your fat hand on their fat head and you say, now, do you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus? And if they go, I don't know what that is, say, trust me, you want this. And just go ahead and give it to them. Then you baptize them in the name of Jesus. This is just what Paul did to Apollos after he'd already been baptized with water. He baptized him with fire. He's like, no, 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 no. You have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire, okay? So he said, in the name of, I baptize you in the name of Jesus. And then I just say, Holy Spirit, come. Come with your fire. Come with your fire. And these people, fire goes, and just fills up their body. Or the Holy Spirit comes and begins to just, all over. They'll fall out. They'll come up speaking in tongues. There's usually an assortment of things, or they'll start manifesting demons. And that's always fun, but get out of the way if they start to vomit because the first, the first person when we were in Honduras that we were, that a demon was coming out of, they started to vomit. And you know how you do that? Like someone starts to vomit and you go, and I thought, Oh, don't vomit, Tracy. Don't vomit. Don't do the don't do the courtesy vomit, you know, where you're going. Oh, please don't throw up on me. <laughs> anyway, um, so while we were in Honduras, um, we had many of those. Praise the Lord. Um, but here's what I want to tell you: religion doesn't deliver people. Religion does not set people free. I've never seen a demon leave because. We're going to get you all all uh, connected to religion. They don't care about that. In fact, they're very happy if you'll go the way of religion. It's like, whew, okay, we don't have to worry about that one. But the minute you become a son, the light of heaven comes on the inside of you, and you become a shining one. And all hell will tremble when you walk in. When we went down there and we began to preach the gospel, when we began to baptize people in the Holy Spirit and fire, that's when the demon showed up. That's when they began to come out. And it wasn't before. And there have been a lot of churches down there. But it's when the sons of God come into the scene and they began to 
separate soul and spirit by the power of the word of God and the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of salvation, that it begins to shift everything. And these people said in the last four days, our lives have been completely changed versus the last five years. Isn't that amazing? Praise Jesus, right? Because it's him. He is after people that can carry this message and do the works that he did when he was on the earth. All right, so y'all want to preach the gospel? I know, don't get nervous or uncomfortable. What, honey? Oh, totally under five minutes. You do not want to. You, you And you can use any kind of language you want. Um this great, that's their great little book by, um, who is it? Time to Revive. Thank you, TTR. <laughs> I know the acronym, but anyway, Time to Revive is doing a great work, and they're going to be coming uh, in 2017. And they have a book, and it's one, two, three, four, five, five steps. You can just flip through the Bible, and it'll show you the five steps. Um, I like to just kind of ballpark it and be led by the Spirit. Um, because everybody's different. And sometimes people need to be healed before they need to hear the gospel, honestly. That's the way it was in this men's prison. He was like, heal them. Well, but they haven't, you know, I did preach the gospel, but he, but I was hoping everybody would just say, oh, I want to be saved. But they, but they actually wanted to be healed, and then they got saved. So it was a little bit backwards. But you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. But, uh, but quite frankly, as long as we all come in love, you know, and we, and we genuinely want them to hear the good news. And it's not the it's not that we want a notch on our belt. Look, I just got one saved. But that we really care about people. It's like, man, I really want you to live a good life. I really want you. This is life gets so much better if you'll just do this. And as I said to somebody who said, "Oh no, I don't want that." I'm like, "Really? What are you what are you holding out for?" <laughs> is it really that great? I mean, come on. All right, Stephen, how'd I do? Okay. All right, so let me pray for you. Um, I want you to, to um, find somebody, and I want you to literally do this with your mouth. I want it to come out of your mouth, okay? And I'm going to go around, and I'll be helping. Um, Jeff will be helping, and um, Lisa will be helping, and Marie will be helping. And we'll just go around and work with you. Um, and it's going to feel uncomfortable. Do you remember the first time you tried to pray and you fell asleep? right? Okay. And then like the 500th time you fell asleep. But anyway, that was me. But what happened is I had to learn how to pray. You have to learn how to do this stuff. You have to practice it. Practicing, I practiced the presence of God in prayer and now practice the presence of God in preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Okay. So Lord, I pray that you would um, open the eyes of our understanding. Father, that we would um, understand how to preach the gospel, Father, and would we, uh, God, would you give us everything that we need in, in life and godliness, God, would you give us everything that we need, Father, to preach the gospel with fire and with understanding in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, and while you're doing it, ask the person that you're with if they need healing in their body after you preach the gospel. All right, love you guys. Yes, hold on, here's Jeff. Okay, um, also, if you want to get better at this or to see what it looks like practically when you're not uh, preaching the gospel to somebody that's saved, 
um, we have an outreach tomorrow night. So just walking it out and, and learning, and I won't make you do anything that's too uncomfortable. I don't know yet. Tomorrow up here at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Guys, I'm telling you, this is where the fun is. If y'all want to start having some fun, you need to get out of your seats and get out on the streets. Ooh. I felt Jesus on that. All right. So uh, we're going to be the church that saves people. Won't that be fun?